Hello all, welcome to the Females in Motorsport podcast. This is your host Manvi and as you can probably tell, I am very excited about today's episode. This is generally a time I consider very interesting for motorsport and the thing I'm most looking forward to in 2023 is the F1 Academy. In case you don't know, F1 Academy is an all-female feeder series meant to nurture female drivers to advance to Formula 1 with the W season starting on April 28th, 29th this year. Today we have with us one of the most promising talents from F1 Academy, Bianca Bustamante, who will be driving with Prema Racing for this year's F1 Academy season. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Hey, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, we actually just finished our test in Barcelona, so I landed back here in Prema like 2 a.m. last night. So, oh wow, doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been really crazy? Has it been a whirlwind since the announcement of the F1 Academy? It 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 has it has for sure because um it just literally flipped my life upside down. You know, ever since the whole F1 Academy was sort of been going up with the talks and everything since last year, I already knew that it was going to be something very interesting to join. You know, personally for me, I think I fit very well um in, in the bracket of the age and the exposure you get, the track time you get, so I knew that being here is the way is the best way to go and and um i didn't really expect coming here with prema with the arguably the best junior formula team right now so i think that for me was was the biggest step of my life to be honest yeah prema racing is super successful in formula 2 formula 3 it's such a great place for you to be especially for someone like you who's so uber talented <laughs> so that's i'm very excited for the season to begin i'm like counting down the days as i'm sure you are as well i i am honestly uh, it's been coming at me really fast um the past few days it's just like I wake up and then I sleep. It's literally, it's literally been that, and the fact that we're nearly ten, twelve days out till our first race weekend is crazy. So let's take it back a few years, and I'd love for you to tell me and the listeners today about how you started racing in the first place and how you discovered your love for motorsport. Oof, um, I honestly still remember it like it was yesterday. And so, as many of you know, I came from the Philippines, uh, not a country known for motorsport, that's for sure. And it, it was challenging mm-hmm. to actually make it into the sport, and and not only that, but as a female as well. So that's why I thank my parents very much for actually allowing me to pursue such a big dream like this. You know, um, I was the only girl in the family, and they allowed me to still get into motorsport and supported me and believed in me. and you know by the time i was 6 i was already competing and few years later i won both international and large and national um karting championship i was asian karting champion and i think that was sort of the pivot point of 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 my career where i was really like maybe i do have a shot at this and i wanted to pursue it that's why i was willing to take all the risk i was willing to you know train myself be disciplined work hard for it and yeah here i am now i guess <laughs> i think people often forget that yes there's obviously an origin story but you also have so many sacrifices to make throughout the way you don't have a regular upbringing yes because yeah. sometimes i hear about female drivers talking about um 
the thing, you know, giving up a social life and, you know, you, there's so many other things that you just don't get to do. And I look back and I'm thinking, what was I doing when I was 12 years old? <laughs> I was probably just being really annoying for my family and like doing nothing no. else. <laughs> so I, I've always find everybody's story who's in driving so inspiring because honestly, what you guys do is not, it's not easy. It's not for everyone. And I think people sometimes tend to forget that. So I like that you reminded us all of how difficult it can be because especially for a female driver, it's not easy out there. Yeah, I would, I would, I definitely agree with that. I think any athlete in general has definitely had a different upbringing in life because, you know, to find that sort of early, like early calling in your life when you're so young and you're kind of found your passion, something you wanted to dedicate your life to, you have to make all those tiny changes and sacrifice for you to make it, you know, you want to make it to your Everest. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would say it was a lot, well, marginally a lot tougher than, than the, than the, what the others had purely because of financial difficulties, you know, coming from a third world country, motorsport is known for people with, to be generally reserved for people with money. And that's a question I often get, you know, how'd you get into racing coming from Philippines when you didn't have the money, when you, you know, you came from a very downturn family that was barely surviving, to be honest. And on most days we were really just barely surviving and, and still, you know, managed to study and have a career in racing. And I would often say that I honestly don't even know how I, how I made it. That's why every day for me is just such a dream. And, mm-hmm. you know, people always ask why you're always smiling. And I'm just like, because I know I'm living a dream that not many people get to live. And I know for sure that if I didn't work my ass off, I wouldn't have been here today. So <laughs> I guess I'm just living every moment. And yeah. yeah, ever since I was young, I already knew that it wasn't something that I, I could take lightly um, because I don't have you know, that silver platter just handed to me and all the opportunities just coming by. Um, So I think that kind of hardwired my brain to not take anything for granted, to work harder than everyone else, you know, to, to put in the effort to be disciplined. And, and I guess thinking of that when you're six, thinking about financial difficulties when you're six years old, kind of just, makes you built different i guess and i think that's also like one good um attribute i say i would say that i got you know not even just a racing driver and athlete but just a person in general being raised in a very asian household Mm -hmm. where you know as a family we were always aware of how difficult it is you know how difficult it is to put food in the table you know coming from a family that actually struggled to even just have food at the table, um, I was very self-aware of, of everything around me. You know, the things I had, I had to value it. And, and if I was eating good food, I had to value that. If I was racing on the weekends, I had to value that because I never knew if I get to race the next day again. So that was one good thing that my parents taught me that I'm very grateful for. <laughs> I love that you said that you're already living this dream because it's already been your dream to pursue racing. And obviously F1 Academy is a great place for you to be. You've also driven in a W series. What I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about is if you look at yourself in the future, what would you describe as your ultimate dream? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I Well, my ultimate dream is, you know, to, to make it to Formula One. I, I think every driver ma- male female is 
has set their eyes on that goal. Mm -hmm. And I am one of many, that's for sure. So it makes it challenging competing with the best of the best, you know, the best females, the best males. But yeah, for me, for me, the goal is to make it to Formula One. But regardless if I make it or not, I knew that the journey was beautiful and it really has been. You know, the mm -hmm. difficulties were beautiful. The defeats were beautiful. The learning, the sad, the happy. So yeah, for, for me, whether I make it or not or how far I go along in this in this path, I knew that it was beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, my fingers and toes and everything is crossed that we see you and many other <laughs> amazing female drivers in Formula One in the future. Um, so speaking of Formula One Academy, I know you've had a few days of testing already. So just what has been the feeling in the car? What do you what do you expect from yourself from your performance at F1 Academy? I know it's early days, but what is like the first impression based on this short experience so far? Intense. It it actually is. Um, it was intense, to be honest. I think what actually made the most difference is working with such a professional team. And I think that's something that most or the past few series I've joined didn't really offer. It was the, the chance to work with teams that knew how to develop you as a driver. Um, you know, working with Prema myself, um, I, it was very intense. My first few days in Prema, I was just like scared. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had so much to learn. And I think that's what made the most difference, how I progressed from my performance last year to how I'm driving now. You know, when I did F4 UAE, I scored points in a grid of 40 drivers competing with other males. And, you know, I've always believed that it takes a village to build a champion. And being in a village where they are supportive, that pushes you forward, that teaches you, and not just tells you what to do, you know, they make sure that you learn. And it, they don't really care about whether you win or not because the results will always come in the end, uh, which made it so intense <laughs> because I knew that being with such a good team meant that um, I, a lot of great things is expected of me. The, high, the highest level of performance of professionalism is expected. <laughs> but, but yeah, so yeah, it was intense, but it was a whole lot of fun. That That's for sure. And the amount of track time we get is insane. I was completely destroyed in the car after two days of driving. We did lots and lots of laps. We got to know the car a lot. Um, the, the differences compared to the other, to a normal F4 car, you know, there's actually a lot of um, different specs that makes F1 Academy so rare from any, from any other series. If you guys have seen, you know, the cars, the new aero package we have, the front wing, mm -hmm. the rear wing, that kind of resembles to a Formula One car, which is kind of cool. But, you know, there's a lot of new things that we're actually still trying to learn, even Prema, you know, learning about the new aero package, the new spec of the cars. So it's been really interesting. I love to hear that you're also getting a lot of track time because I know with the weekend format, you guys do have a lot of track time, specifically because there's three races at every circuit, yeah. which is amazing, especially at this stage, I would imagine, yeah. because... This is when you're still in development and this is your, this is a feeder yeah. series. So I can imagine that that's a good thing. Yeah, that's one of the greatest thing about F1 Academy is actually we basically, they really are um, preparing us for the next step. Um, you know, we have this reverse grid, same as, as F3. Um, we have the three races per weekend, which is a lot of racing. 
Uh, that's something you don't normally get in other series. And mm-hmm. not just that, but before that, we actually have lots of days of testing prior to the event, which is amazing, which is definitely mm-hmm. something we need, um, you know, as someone that is still developing and still trying to find, you know, the proper driving techniques and and evolved. Which track are you looking forward to the most? Uh, Monza. Uh, Monza has... It's a close one because... Um, I would say that tech, like as a driver, um, I would say Coda because of how technical and challenging the track is. But if you're asking, you know, Bia, I would definitely say Monza because Monza has a very soft spot in my heart. It's iconic. It's iconic. It's the temple of speed. It's like when you think of racing, when you think of of, of motorsport, you just think of Monza. You think of 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 the history behind it. So that for me, um, is a, as a race I'm looking forward to, especially going to be, you know, I'm going to be racing with Prema, an Italian team. So it's going to be a home race for us. So definitely I want to be able to, to, you know, to do well, hopefully. And, you know, in the past, um, past, I think it was about two or three weeks ago where we did a test in Monza, where it was actually really good for me. It was my first time driving there. And it's one of those tracks where you're so so close to the limit and um you're maximizing the car the aero you know you're going so fast we're like in the straights insanely quick it's one of the quickest tracks in the world and and just being able to drive there and like feel the history behind it is honestly so cool i love that and okay let's do this I know that next year we're going to have many more um, F1 races. Well, the F1 Academy is going to support all F1 weekends. So which track would you like to see added to the calendar next year? I'm going to be a little bit biased and say Singapore Grand Prix because (laughs) it's the closest to home race. Well, I have as of right now. Hopefully in the future I will have my own home race. But unfortunately, we, we have Singapore Grand Prix and it's so close to Philippines. It's like an hour flight. So last year when we actually went there, so many Filipinos flew in the minute that it was announced that we were going to be at the Singapore Grand Prix because it happened so last minute. So even though they didn't have tickets to, to watch the races, they stay, they still uh, flew in where I actually felt so bad. So I organized um, a community gathering and so many people went and they went to see me. And I think, you know, just having that atmosphere behind you is, is one of the most inspiring moments that actually um, motivates me as an athlete. You know, just having your countrymen beside you, you know, and competing is an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Singapore Grand Prix for sure. And I'd say Monaco because I, I love that track and I hope that we get to race there. So I get to race there. So, yeah. I love both of those. Singapore is probably like the closest to a home race, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would love to go. I haven't seen, I haven't gone to the Singapore Grand Prix myself. This one, it's on my bucket list. It's lovely. It's it's honestly like when I actually got to drive it last year, we had like one session of um, of a night practice. And it's just one of the best feelings in the world. Boy, it's like everything's just tunnel vision because it's just all walls and it's lights and it's, you see the skyla and you see the skies the stars and like like for me i'm driving so fast but i'm noticing all the tiny details mm-hmm. of like all the structures and everything because i'm just like always trying to enjoy every moment and and just noticing those little bits is actually so beautiful 
It also seems to be really challenging. This is one that drivers usually complain about, not complain about, but they usually say that it's one of the most challenging ones on the on the calendar. It's hot. It's physically challenging. Um, like for us, when we when we raced, it was actually during the day, so it was extremely humid. Uh, it was so hot. We're in Asia. Uh, good thing that you know. I'm quite used to the weather, but I knew for the others it was quite challenging. I know what you mean. I've been there. <laughs> you just get so dehydrated to the point where you're just like sat there, you're just sweating so much, just keep on sweating and sweating. But yeah, it is a physically challenging track and the corners just come at you so fast and there's like so many very technical sequence of corners that is not, you don't normally get at a normal track. So driving, you know, so actually driving in a street circuit where you're so close to, to like hitting the barriers, there's so little margin for errors, which makes it even more physically and mentally demanding. So I know you mentioned that you have obviously driven in W Series, F4, UAE, and now in F1 Academy, and the cars are all a little bit different to <laughs> each other. So I'm curious, how do you adapt your driving style um, in, in the span of just like a year? How have you been able to adapt all those different styles into different series yeah that i think was one of the most um, difficult part for me is you know i've only been driving cars for about a year you know i went straight into formula regional in in last year and i had zero experience in cars i've never even done a race you know and and so it was just demanding challenging you know mentally I think I struggled more mentally because I just didn't have any experience and that's definitely one thing I learned recently which made a huge difference is actually knowledge knowing how you know knowing about the car knowing how the car reacts knowing how the car drives performs makes the most difference because the minute that I learned about the aero I learned about the pitch of the car, you know, the roll, the rake, and all those stuff. Um, it actually made me understand more how to drive faster. Because when you're driving fast, you know, you're talking about one tenth of a second. You know, it's that one tenth. It's so hard to find in in real life when you're actually driving. So you gotta know everything about it. You know, if you took the corner wrong, if your mid to exit is if you're missing the apex or if you can't get on power you know so yeah so it's like those like tiny details where you actually need to be knowledgeable enough to understand why that's happening for you to evolve as you drive and you only ever get that true track to um through track time cons you know yeah. driving and that's something i didn't get last year because of the limited track time we got with 30 minutes of practice so it was hard for me to actually adapt from one race to another to another to another with with no practice in between no seat time and stuff and 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 now i you know i've got the complete opposite of that you know this year i've already done one season in f4 in f4 uae and so i got to know the car so well and that has honestly just skyrocketed my performance i think um mm. with my knowledge of the car knowledge of the tires from tire deck to all, all the other strategies and stuff that's so critical in a car but but yeah you know like jumping from one car to another is easier when your knowledge like if you have experience that's why i think 
the most experienced drivers often has the most advantage because it's easier for them to adapt. They're adaptable. Do you think this weekend format is better in terms of development as opposed to W Series because there was a limited amount of track time, uh, like limited amount of practice? For sure. Um, you, you know, I, I think both of them has a great contrast between them you know there's great aspects in w series uh, and there's great aspects of f1 academy but yeah you know in the f1 academy it, we're prioritized the seat time we're prioritized the the knowledge the growth and i think the fact that it's run by f2 f3 is an amazing thing because they're setting us forward to achieve you know greater things to make it to f3 f2 and so that means that we're getting the right habits, you know, we're learning the right habits that will help us, you know, to move up the ladder, and which is, you know, getting the track time, having this race format, you know, the reverse grid, which I think is a great feature to have, especially in the junior formula, because, you know, in a, it, it teaches you to actually be very strategic. I think that's one thing that separates F4 to F3 is the strategy in between, like the tire management, the race strategy, and and um, the quality strategies and all that stuff. That in F4 it's sort of um not as not as intense. And here in F1 Academy, you were forced to actually think about it, you know, because we're only allowed minimum set of tires per weekend, and we have to do three races. We have to do a reverse grid, which will put even more strain in the tires if we want to push, you know. And so, yeah, it's just all this critical stuff that that trains your brain to, to think, to, to learn and to just, yeah. Obviously, you have a lot of responsibilities <laughs> with driving, but also off track. There's, I do. There's some responsibilities come from being part of primary racing. It's also, I'm obsessed with your YouTube channel, by the way. I think it's such, it's firstly so engaging and you have a really loyal community, which was so nice to see in the I comments. Do. For you, what is your day-to-day as a professional racer? This is something I, I, I'm curious about a lot because I think I'm probably, I feel it probably differs during the in-season versus off-season, but I don't know. Tell me more. I, Unfortunately for Bia, she has no off season. Off season is still on season. No, but um, that's I think that's one thing that I actually would like would love to actually speak about is the fact that I actually do most of all my social medias of like um, so because we're we're running on a very low budget, especially media wise, so that I actually film all my contents. Um, I do all my filmings. Um, I have someone that helps me edit it, but content such as, you know, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I do most of the editing and um, I do most of the posting. So, uh, you know, like physically, it's a, it's a one woman job, you know, from filming to editing to posting because I do have, you know, help from, from my manager, Daryl, who is helping me, unfortunately, you know, through um, virtual. So all the um, all the hard you know the physical work i i have mm-hmm. to do it so that is another sort of workload added apart from trying to drive well i also have to keep up with a bunch of of um media job like media works that i have to do which is sometimes tough you know being 18 because on most days i'm just like <sighs> 
I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have like so much to do and I have training after it and I have to drive, I have to do my driver report. And it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. It <laughs> and um, not many people get to see it. So that's actually, that's what encourages me to actually do it. That's actually what encourages me to do all this social media work because it allows me to show to my community that you don't need people, many people behind you to do this, to do that. On most days, you can do it yourself, you know, like vlogging and all that stuff, posting. Like we don't need, um, you know, 10 media crews following us to do it. So, you know, I think that's also a very a different point of view because like when you see F1 drivers, they have like all these media crew tailing them around and and um and, and then there's me with just my phone <laughs> so i think it's a different perspective um that i get to show and it also yeah. i guess um i get to show to a lot of teenagers how being um being disciplined with your time management allows you to do so much in life accomplish so much and mm-hmm. um, because you know like if i wasn't vigilant with my schedule I wouldn't be able to achieve or get anything done, you know, mm-hmm. from from school works to media to racing to training, and of course having a, like a life out of it as well, sort of a life. <laughs> but but yeah, managing all of it can be daunting. I mean, well, first of all, I want to say that I think your fans really really appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to film that content because I think. Everyone knows that it is so hard to balance racing with anything else. You guys are also traveling so much. Yeah. Like the time difference, just like, you know, making sure your body and your mind is awake when you need to be. Because at the end of the day, obviously, racing is the most important thing and you need to be able to perform there. But you taking on all these other things, I think people really appreciate that. (laughs) And I can see, judging by your socials and your YouTube channel, that I think your community is very, very engaged. And I like that you said that you're able to show a very different perspective because you're able to share exactly what you want to share. And I think it really yeah. comes from your heart. And it, it's, it's, very, it's very obvious that you're doing it because you want to do it. It comes very natural to you. And I think female racers in, in, their, you know, in their early years probably really, really appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it means so much to me. Like, I actually take all my time, like whenever I can, to read through all the messages, the comments, because it honestly inspires me so much. It means that, you know, what I'm doing, I must be doing something good with my life. (laughs) And I actually also have, you know, the dark horse, my community, um, which I spend a lot of time with. I know I try to spend as much time as I can with them, whether it be showing, you know, like, behind the scene content what i'm doing when i'm making a seat or training or sometimes just you know having a bands with them you know chatting on discord or doing like streams of us just mm-hmm. ranting and talking about life which i think is very cool because it kind of shows this perspective of of us racing drivers we also have you know just like everyone else we're also human and we also have our personality apart from being athletes and that's something I get to show on some of my social, especially TikTok, I would say. Um, I get to show that I am just this 18 years old girl who sometimes is very feminine and dorky and is very 
like was also a fan of Vampire Diaries, who loves watching mm-hmm. anatomy and all this stuff, loves reading books. And, and I think, you know, having that sort of um, different point of view, you know, how people see you just allows, you know, my community or my fans to connect with me even more because in the end, I'm grateful that I get to race, but I'm even more grateful that I get to share my journey. I'm curious, do you ever look at other female content creators for inspiration? Is there anyone that you really like? I, I definitely do. I look up to a lot of, of athletes and female racing drivers. Like, um, there's, I, I know that Samantha, Samantha Tan actually mm-hmm. started her own YouTube channel. And I always watch her vlogs because she has, like, the coolest day. Like, she's, like... She does. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> she's, like, having a beating with BMW. She's getting her new car. And I'm just, like, she's so cool. <laughs> I, I, like, preach Samantha. Like, she's the bomb. She has, like, the best nails. I wish I had the, like, oh, she's so cool. Like, she's not scared of showing her feminine side, which I think mm-hmm. is a great thing. Being a female in the sport is never being ashamed of who you are. You know, whatever makes you feel empowered. You know, the more empowered you are, the better you, the better you drive. And, and that's very true. You know, whether it be wearing eyelashes or wearing mascara, eyeliner, having a red lipstick or getting your nails done, you know, whatever makes you feel you. And the fact that she's not, a, like, scared of it, you know, being in such a male-dominated sport actually inspires me so much. And, yeah, she's just so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. I think as a female driver, people tend to, or any female athlete for that matter, people tend to box you in and say, oh, if you're an athlete, you know, you must be more masculine or you must be having, you don't really have any feminine interests, which is not true because, yeah. I mean, you can't firstly box people and everybody has a range of interests. And yes. at the end of the day, I think it's 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 just like trying to box someone into a stereotype. I, I would say that I've definitely seen, especially in, in motorsport. Pure, I mean, purely because most of it's natural, like fans, I would say, are men. And I think, mm. you know, you, there's a lot in motorsport in general, people working in within the sport are, are men. You know, there's still a vast amount of, of men in like male engineers, yep. team managers, owners, sponsors. It's still dominated by men, even in that side of motorsport. So I think it's a very rare view or sight for them to see someone that's a female, someone that wears makeup, because that's something that you don't normally see. And for someone that is seeing it for the first time, you tend to, of course, judge them or be narrow-minded of them. And that's, I think, one thing that we're actually seeing a difference. You know, this sport now is being, is, is becoming so much more inclusive and thinking about how much it has evolved actually is so inspiring. Women in motorsport, you know, FIA Women in Motorsport are doing all this um, events where they bring young kids to the track. They let them get to drive the simulator to teach them about motorsport. And I think it's always just about having this vision, you know, with um, more females being so in demand in sport, it's becoming so much more different. And the, the, the hate is, of course, becoming less and less. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I post uh, I picture of me and I get one comment saying that you're a female, drive, you're a female you can't drive. I get one comment. But instantly there's like 100, 200 comments of, of females, you know, defending me, saying that she's an amazing racing driver and all this and that. And just seeing that movement is actually so inspiring. Like, yeah, I get sad that I get negative comments like that. But at the same time, I've got all these females behind me, rallying behind me. 
just to go after that one person that said that one negative thing, which is so, so beautiful. And sometimes it just makes me smile so much. I think there's so many more women coming into the sport. Of course, there's women coming into through Formula One for the most yeah. part. But I think that's how I came into the sport. Formula One was my introduction yeah. to motorsport. But I think when I started watching Formula One, my... Maybe not my first question, but my second or third question was, why are there no female drivers? <laughs> my, I actually thought maybe there's a different F1 for women. Do they not think that women can drive in the same series? I had no idea how it works physically. So yeah. I was like, let's look for that. There was obviously nothing like that. And then I think that's the year when W Series came in. And I was just very intrigued by the whole thing. And it really made me think about how female drivers are not in Formula One because it's a systemic issue because not because women are not good enough to drive in Formula One, but they're just not given the right opportunities, the right tools, the right resources. It just takes them so much longer for that reason. Yeah. But so I think I love that because of so many women coming into the sport, they are questioning these things and it's having a trickle down effect to things like F1 Academy and W Series and other series that where we're looking for female drivers and now we're supporting them more you know a lot of girls are gaining so much interest like it's honestly crazy on my tiktok i have 45 percent male following and uh 55 female following i have more female followers on tiktok than than males which is honestly amazing that's such a rare sight to see especially being into motorsport because usually the followers you get are males just because yeah. most fans are males but we're seeing you know that change and evolve so much you know there's a lot of female like female fans that are coming up and you know creating all these contents and mm. sharing their thoughts which is beautiful and i think for me at least when i started looking for female drivers it just came naturally to me to support female drivers because I want to support people who look like me, right? I want to support women. I want to be able to see women in Formula One. And I think that's happening for a lot of female fans. That, yes, of course, we love Formula One. We love everything about the sport. Love IndyCar. Like, there's definitely a lot of amazing stuff. No one's going to say, you know, that that's not true. But I think there is this innate feeling of, yes, I want to support women. And I want to see a female driver succeed in Formula One. I think every female fan, like, in the heart of hearts really wants that okay before we wrap up we're gonna do a little bit of a rapid fire this is my favorite Uh, part of the podcast (laughs) it's we're just gonna ask you three questions you just have to give an answer without thinking and explain to us why you picked that answer okay okay are you ready ah yes let's do this (laughs) okay question number one if you were not a professional racer which career would you pursue? Architect. <laughs> that was a tough one. Yeah, it's actually what I'm pursuing right now. So I think that was a bit cheating. But yeah, I, I love drawing. Um, I draw floor plans. I also sketch lots of portraits. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to pursue architect because I love art in general. I just knew I was a very creative, like creative is my center. And I think of racing as an art and then another form of art, which is, you know, drawing and stuff like that, which just allows me to be as free as I can be. And I just love creating things. So, yeah, I wanted, I, I'm pursuing architect. I just graduated high school. I took um, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So I'm kind of torn in between engineering and architecture, but I'll have. That's see. amazing. Oh my God, that's so exciting. 
Um, okay, question number two. If you were a sweet or a dessert, what would you be? This is a bit random, I will admit. Uh, cotton candy. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say cotton candy because uh, I think my personality is a bit sweet. Yeah, I think I am a bit sweet, soft, um, and just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like cotton is cute. So, yeah. Big, big I have another random question. Did you grow up saying cotton candy or candy floss? Cotton candy. Interesting. I, I grew up saying candy floss, but I say it to a people in the US and they think I'm insane. They're like, what is candy floss? <laughs> candy floss. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's what I, I, I don't know. People in India just said candy floss. So I said candy floss. I grew up saying candy floss. I mean, like, cotton candy uh, in the Philippines. And when I came into America, it was, yeah, cotton candy still. Yeah 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 okay fair enough <laughs> all right last question this is a bit of a long one but i will okay. explain this so i want to know what is your hottest take like what is one thing everybody loves but you hate or vice versa and my example is that but i don't like bacon like i i just don't like i mean i guess i didn't grow up eating it so i don't i just don't like bacon like i can never have bacon by itself ever i can still have it maybe in a sandwich or something, but I just really don't like bacon. Wait, this one, this one is, this one is quite tough, huh? Um, pistachio ice cream. You don't like it or you do like it? I don't like it. This is my favorite ice cream. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get canceled for this. <laughs> I literally just had it yesterday. I love pistachio ice cream, but I do agree that most people don't like it. I don't think you will get canceled because I think people agree with you and not with me <laughs> i mean I, I know a lot of people that, that lo like loves it and it's just for me it's just like a bit weird because like you know nuts and everything so I'm like <clears throat> it's like liking matcha i don't like matcha. oh i like matcha also. oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> this is i have a i feel say like pistachio ice cream is a bit of a love or hate it's like either you love it or you absolutely hate it Matcha, I would say most people either love or hate it. I am like neutral about it. I have a weird, um, I, I have like a weird like taste buds because when I went here in Italy, uh, um, I, I love pineapple and pizza. This is actually, I like that you said this and I'll tell you why, because this is again such a divisive conversation. I actually don't mind pineapple or pizza. Will I order it? No. But if someone gave me a slice, yeah, I would you have still it. eat it. That's like that's what I mean. Like it's not like it's a netted pizza, you know. It's not like yeah, it's it's yeah. so bad. Like I'd eat it and stuff. And you know, coming from Philippines, where we're not really known for pizzas, um, the only pizza I actually know is Hawaiian or margarita. And I I like moved here in Italy in the team Prema. Prema asked me what's my favorite pizza, and I panicked and said Hawaiian. <laughs> And I remember they're like, okay, okay, we'll um we'll have a rethink about your seat at F1 Academy. Yeah, they would want to recondition you. Be yeah. like, no, 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 you we're can't up. say that. <laughs> we're gonna have a meeting now. This <laughs> girl, is this because um, it's rare for them to get an Asian driver, especially someone from Philippines? So yeah, if there's a lot of um, it's different for the team. 
Uh, so, um, all right. Well, that's it we have for today. Thank you so much, Bianca, for joining me. It was so fun getting to know you, and I am so excited for your season to begin. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and of course for um, listening to my stories. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Bianca, do you want to share your socials or your <laughs> YouTube channel with everyone? Ah, uh, yes. So, um, it's actually crazy. Um, our Instagram is like growing so much, or like our socials the past few days. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can follow me on my Instagram at racerbia, my Facebook official page Bianca Bustamante, and of course TikTok. I get a lot of comments saying that um, they know me from TikTok. So um, yes, TikTok at racerbia and Twitter as well. And of course, if you guys are interested in on joining um my Discord server, my community. You know, um, anyone is free to join. Um, I post a lot of contents there. I, I you know, I, I talk whenever I can, chat with the group. So yes, all of all of those will be linked on my Instagram at racerbia. Thank you so much. And I'm gonna plug in Bianca's YouTube channel because I personally love oh, it. Oh yeah, I completely forgot my YouTube channel. But yes, I recently made a YouTube channel, and it's uh, it's really cool. I post a lot of contents mm -hmm. and stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much.